Hello, EdChoice's Director of State Research and Policy Analysis, Drew Cat here, and we're back with a new EdChoice chat. In this episode, I am joined by my research team colleague, Michael Shaw. Mike? Hey, Drew. Great to be here and uh, happy to chat about a fantastic event we just returned from. Yes, and as you said, we are here to discuss the International School Choice and Reform Conference. Now, for me, this was the fourth iteration of this conference that I attended, but uh, Mike, this was your first, I believe, correct? Yes, I was definitely the uh, the rookie on the team and in the room often, and a lot of great insight to be had from the conference, which was held in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but definitely had an international flavor among uh, education researchers and reformers. Yeah, and I think part of that comes from looking at the geographic diversity of the conference committee, um, chaired by Robert Fox with the University of Hawaii, but also with committee members from University of Stockholm, uh, from Portugal, Kennesaw State in Georgia, University of Arkansas, and as I said, all the way west to Hawaii. But yeah, so this is, uh, from my perspective, this is a, a nice academic conference that touches a little on methodologies, but overall it's it's still fairly fun. And it's we don't quite have the island vibe down on uh, the lower part of Florida. It was still fairly relaxed for my opinion, although I still had my bow tie when I was presenting, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, what were your thoughts on how it felt? Yeah, so... You know, as a first-time attendee, but also having been to a fair amount of conferences and events on behalf of EdChoice this past year, it was a really healthy mix, I thought, of size, but also constructive feedback among presenters and panels. There was just a really interesting mix of researchers, but also parent advocates, coalition members, think tanks, both national and international and just a really nice, diverse mix of people who are involved in education reform and policy, but that were able to give opinions and advice that you may not see in just a typical advocate conference or a, a research conference by themselves. Yeah, it's always nice to have that mix of academics and practitioners in the room. Yeah, so let's dive into uh, some of the content. So that first morning on that Saturday the other week, Personally, I really liked a presentation by Dick Carpenter out of University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and it was research that he did with Marcus Winters at Boston University. And they were looking at how the students that leave charter schools and traditional public schools, when it's not a structural move, that is uh, not a move from, say, elementary to secondary school or elementary to middle, middle to high, so to speak, that what was the result on the students that stayed, the cohort of remaining students? Yeah. Raised some interesting questions, and I'm looking forward to seeing that in full print, hopefully later this year. Yeah, I wasn't able to attend that session, but having read the abstract and knowing some of the other research those presenters conduct, I assumed you had some interest in it for some of the work you're doing here in Indiana for EdChoice. Yeah, especially since I'd worked on a paper with Dick in the past, and as much as we had talked on the phone and had traded emails, we'd never actually met in person. So it's it's kind of funny how that can happen uh, within the world in which we live, that we're constantly corresponding with some people that we have never met in person before. 
Definitely. And on that same day, there was someone I meet frequently and work with a lot. Ben Scafidi shared a panel with me on fiscal issues and private school choice. And for anyone in attendance, I have to just thank and give a shout out to you for being there. That was my first presentation on behalf of EdChoice. But um, it was a great learning experience and a really invigorating conversation following our very differing but related presentations regarding finance and fiscal issues. Yeah, and your presentation is currently available on our website in brief form, not necessarily the updated and expanded version that you presented for the international conference. Correct, yeah. I updated a uh, task credit scholarship brief that Marty Lucan on our team and I co-authored last summer, uh, summer of 2017. And so that was kind of a reaction piece to tax credit scholarship issues that were reaching national media attention. But, you know, good old Washington had to go and change the uh, the tax code. So we had to update the paper and presentation and calculations for that. So that was a great first crack, I thought, of presenting that data and information and receiving feedback. So hopefully we can continue that sort of deep dive into tax policy related to tax credit scholarships and see where it leads us. It's interesting how that interplay works between what is done policy-wise at the federal level and the implications for the tax credit scholarship programs at the state level. Definitely. Yeah, and then there was a nice lunch session featuring EdChoice CEO Robert Enlow with representatives also from American Federation for Children and Excel in Ed, Holly Faulkner and Adam Peshek being those two respective in order. Yeah, this was a group, I thought, that just had a lot of experience and perspective on the school choice movement and kind of gave their recollections of the past 20 or so years of ed reform in the United States, but also had some great insight for what we could expect in the future. Yeah, and then following that, there were some interesting afternoon sessions. Personally, I liked one that kind of spoke to one of my side interests that I have been incorporating more into my work, which is geographic information systems or GIS and mapping. There was a there was a nice presentation that I saw from a PhD student at University of Texas at Austin and in a professor at Auburn University looking at the commute times in Philadelphia choices, but that is within districts, the charter schools and the district schools. So was kind of interesting and it was nice to be able to provide someone else with some methodological feedback and be like, hey, did you think about looking at this variable or did you incorporate this variable? Yeah, I definitely got a lot of takeaways from that presentation as well and thinking about ways to apply that to Indiana research you and I will be conducting regarding areas in the state that don't have a lot of high quality schooling options, but using and adapting some methodology that was presented there. Yeah, and I... I was really intrigued by a larger session the following morning featuring some Cato and University of Arkansas and Harvard University folks focusing on school choice and non-cognitive skills. But yeah, Neil McCluskey started it off by kind of looking at public schooling and religious neutrality, and then Corey DeAngelis looking at the effect of private schooling on non-cognitive skills, such as social-emotional learning, Etc. Yeah, that's definitely a growing field of education research in general, but definitely applying it to school choice and private school choice programs. And, you know, this is one of those conferences where a lot of the presentations and papers may be just getting their first pass or revisions and reviews are currently in place. But 
I did hear from a lot of the Arkansas researchers in particular that it was a, a great chance to kind of present and refine their research in a moderate-sized room and receive great constructive feedback, but then be able to apply that and continue with their research. Yeah, and as someone that heavily works in research, it's nice from my perspective to be able to see some of these potential future papers or journal articles on their first or second pass and feel like I'm able to provide feedback in that moment after the presentation that could potentially be incorporated into a final version. Definitely. But uh, what was nice about this conference, too, it wasn't strictly quantitative presentations. You also had a nice mix of symposiums. One on that Sunday was a faith-based private school symposium, which had a, a lot of interesting topics related to faith-based schools and missions. Another one I really liked, which was a systematic panel on effects of differences in school choice, was a mission statement presentation by uh, Julie Dalavis of Notre Dame. It had me thinking a lot of the process of collecting and analyzing mission statements and what those mean to schools, and it, it just opened up a whole new world of thinking of academic settings and schools as organizations. Yeah, and there has been a little research looking at, you know, parents' choices in schools and school mission statements with Pat Wolf doing some of the work looking at D.C. and then Pat working with Albert Chang to look at Milwaukee. And, yeah, hopefully we'll see some more of that type of research in the future. And then that day was closed with another symposium, but this one related to polls and surveys with school choice that – you presented in and as well as a cohort of EdChoice associates and fellows. Yeah, that was a nice symposium for me to put together and bring everyone in and try to figure out how to talk about these various publications that we have put out or will be putting out. So for me, this was my first time presenting something that was already in its final form Hmm. uh, since we'd already released the Indiana Parent Survey from 2017. But It was still nice to be able to present it to a larger crowd um, because parent surveys are the sort of thing that I will continue to be working on in the future. So it's it's always nice to get feedback, especially related to what other types of questions should we be asking? What other data points should we be looking at? Definitely. You know, even though the four papers or forthcoming papers presented were from EdChoice, in addition to Drew's Indiana Parent Survey, there was our National Schooling in America survey, our military survey that came out last year as well and the forthcoming Florida ESA satisfaction and and usage survey. So even though they were all from our organization, I thought that they highly differed and and offered a good snapshot of various types of surveys and and questions and answers that can be derived from survey and polling work. Yeah, and those two Florida pieces that Jason Bedrick presented that he's working on with Lindsey Burke, who's one of our EdChoice fellows, some of those findings, that was the first time that I had ever seen them, since some of them are still in draft form. And they're mm-hmm. still working on preliminary drafts. So uh, forthcoming reports, be sure to always update EdChoice's website to access our latest research. Yeah. And speaking of forthcoming reports, one thing that I was extremely interested in was a session that was performance metrics and impacts of choice. John Mills presented the effects of the Louisiana Scholarship Program on student achievements, uh, which I'd seen that presentation evolve over the years. Looking forward to them incorporating uh, an additional year of data. Sorry for those that are listening. We're trying not to give away any findings since a lot of these papers have not been released yet and are still in draft form. Yeah, the uh, researchers credo right there. 
Yes. But it was also interesting to me to see a presentation also on the Louisiana Scholarship Program that will be focusing on high school graduation, data forthcoming, and college enrollments. So that was presented by Heidi Holmes Erickson with the University of Arkansas. And it was really fascinating to hear of this research connecting the students that have participated in the Louisiana Scholarship Program and looking at their enrollment within college. Yeah, I was wondering, Drew, was that something that surprised you having been as our team as an onlooker of the ongoing Louisiana research, just a, a new kind of component that inspired you or, or surprised you when hearing that presentation? Um, I mean, I think the results so far aren't too surprising since, you know, the program is relatively new compared mm-hmm. to, say, Milwaukee or D.C. or Cleveland. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how robust the findings are as more observables come into play. That is, as more years of students matriculate into college. Yeah, I totally agree. And in general, for plugging this conference, but education and and reform conferences in general, these sorts of sessions where there's ongoing studies and research and, and data collection are great because you see the evolution of a process of what will eventually become a published study and especially for Louisiana and and school choice related issues, something that gets a lot of publicity. And listeners of this podcast will probably be aware of, you know, any given study and the national press it receives, but actually being able to attend, interact with these researchers and and realizing it's a a process more than just a, a final data point or effects can be really enlightening and really make you appreciate the academic process. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be really interesting to see that paper in final form. I believe the author said that the plan is for it to release sometime this spring, uh, similar to something that Patrick Wolf presented, um, looking at attainment and the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program. Again, not sharing any results, but it was it's just exciting for me personally to see the evolution of research focusing more on attainment and not just achievement. Yeah, so Patrick is a researcher and a professor who's been doing this for a really long time, but I really like where he's going with this new frontier of moving beyond test scores, but trying to see these longer-term effects, which I think many would agree are are kind of ultimate goal of education and our education system. So he is really exploring these questions, and the results when released are sure to be enlightening. Yeah, and it's it's a lot easier for... uh program such as the one in Milwaukee that has been around since 1990 to see some of those life outcomes uh, compared to a program like Louisiana where some of the students are just now getting into college. Definitely. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see a decade from now looking back how students participating in these school choice programs today, uh, what their long-term life outcomes are. Definitely. So, Sure, we've kind of run through the presentations and the, the research, but the event is now passed, and there may be listeners wondering, is this a type of conference that might be suited for me? So I, I was wondering what you thought, what type of people may want to attend an international school choice and reform conference in the future? Yeah, it's. I think it's a wide variety of folks in academia and some practitioners as well. 
So it's a great place to be able to present research and get some methodological feedback. It's a great place to present research for the first time. And it's nice to be a whole range of school choice options. Um, presentations on magnet schools, on charter schools, on traditional public school transfers, and then, of course, in our area, private school choice. Yeah, I can agree more with that assessment with regard to the different sectors. We even had an entire panel on homeschooling, which was really enlightening, I thought. Um, It's a sector that doesn't always get the most attention, but is definitely worth discussing and researching. And even within the charter sector, you know, a lot of ed reform conferences will have plenty of panels and and discussions regarding charter schools. But to your second point about a great opportunity for new researchers, um, there were a few panels, uh, including one with Kendra Delane from Howard that focused on charter schools, but definitely showcased some younger researchers or, or current students. And myself included, gave us a great chance to present and receive feedback, like you mentioned. Yeah, and it's also, from my perspective, one of the few times that I get to interact with academic researchers from around the world. Uh, It's really interesting to hear these country-to-country differences and how education is or isn't funded or how the various countries' legal systems interact with education policy. Definitely, and so that would be the the one caveat I'd say to folks who may be considering such a conference is it can be overwhelming at times to hear all these different systems and perspectives. And, you know, I I think everyone can always do a better job of setting context for these international comparisons. But with that, you end up learning a lot and and really just learn and, and be inspired from these other countries and maybe be able to adapt certain things from their research to your own. Yeah, no, most definitely. It'll be interesting to see uh, where the conference is held next year and depending on location, who does or does not attend and how many proposals are submitted and accepted. Yeah, and I believe from what I've heard that this conference every other year tends to be in Fort Lauderdale, but the other years in between kind of moves around. So like you said, it'll be interesting to see and maybe see how location affects participants, panels, and just the overall conference. Yeah, and that that gets into the more of the conference logistics stuff that I'm glad I don't have to personally <laughs> be in charge of. Agreed. Yeah, that's a that's a whole whole another issue of getting everyone everywhere and determining the best date and everything. But it's it is nice that it is early in the year for us. But it's before, at least for our research team, we fully get into some of the state based research and some of the policy analysis as uh, legislatures are heating up. Yeah. So any other thoughts before we depart, Mike? Yeah, I would just like to, again, thank the organizing committee of this conference, our team at EdChoice, as well as everyone who participated. Again, for someone who's been going to a lot of conferences this past year, but as a first-time presenter, as a whirlwind, but in the best way possible. And I really think they all did a great job of preparing us and putting forth just a, a great program. Yeah. And there you have it. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another EdChoice chat. And if you'd like to read Mike Shaw's tax credit brief with Marty Lucan or any of the polling papers that were presented in the polling symposium, caveat being the ones that have been released, make sure to visit www.edchoice.org research. For all of us at EdChoice, I'm Drew Cat. Thanks for listening and take care. 